0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. What are the most common objections and how to handle them? That's the message I received on LinkedIn from one of our followers. And it's all about understanding how to approach objections, how to handle them, and what to do to really uh, progress with your sales activities to the next stage. My name is Alan Meyer, I'm your host and welcome to the Sales is Easy channel. This is a place where we try to simplify and demystify the sales process and really make sales easy. When done by skilled professional, sales is easy. So let's dive in. You as a salesperson should give every opportunity to the prospect to ask any possible questions and of course, to make objections if he or she is inclined to do so. It is actually desirable to assist in bringing out these questions and objections earlier than later in your sales process. Sometimes the very best arguments you can make are based on objections by the prospect, especially if you're an expert in what you're doing and if you are thoroughly prepared. But don't do the big mistake that many people do. They try to ignore the questions from the customers and try to dodge them and try to avoid the answers or postpone, I'll, let, I'll give you an answer later. That's a confession of your weakness, which guess what, they will not forget this. Your prospective buyers, they will remember this, they know when they're brushed off, they are, when they're put aside, and they feel like you feel, you as a salesperson, you feel like you know better and you are enforcing yourself on the situation. H- uh, oh, hearing objections is actually an opportunity for you to treat this question as is a point you have reached very soon in your presentation, even if they had said nothing about it. So you can say, this is a great question. I was just coming to that. Or many customers are asking these kind of questions, and here is how we answer. So let me name six common objections and one way how to handle them. And of course, send me your input, send me your comments, and I'll be more than happy to answer them and to feature your answers in the next possible podcast. First, the question that we always hear is, the product or service that you are offering, Mr. Salesperson, is cheaper elsewhere? Guess what? This may or may not be true. You know that. You may not know whether this statement is true or false, but if you truly know it's not true, Please, be wise about it. Don't say to your customers, you don't know what you're talking about. Or don't say to them, you're lying or, or something really bluntly. It's not wise to offer to bet it. It cannot be done. I'm sure nobody's cheaper than us. Or try to even, I heard that, and it's a true story. Offer a, a, a money to charitable institution if they can actually prove that. Don't do that. Don't play tricks. Don't play games. Because it's almost an insinuation that what they're saying is a lie. And guess what? People don't like to hear that, especially from vendors. Uh, Maybe they know, of course, they know when they're lying. They know when they are misleading. They know when they say, you are too expensive, I can get this cheaper. But they don't want to be told so. And you can simply ask. So are we comparing here apples to apples? And what's Specifically included in that price. Try to get down to specificity of the offering. In a more complex environment, I'll give you a quick example. I was dealing one time uh, with a customer who said that he can actually get uh, uh, the, the same software thirty percent cheaper, and I said, "Okay, fine. You know, let let's compare. Like, uh, uh, what's their incident response time?" Well, you know, that's that's not so important. Like, you know, as long as we have a support, I said, okay, fine. What if your software is down, your company is down and you need to be up, you need to have uh, overview of your customers and the data and everything that you're running through the software. How long can you be without the software? And I'm saying this simply because in our package, we have four hour incident response time. We can actually be cheaper if we remove this and get it back to 24 or 48 hours no 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 no. we need four hours well guess what compare us with the competitor and ask them and i really instructed my customer here ask them what's their incident response time pay attention to that because this is more crucial than the price of the software that we are selling you cannot afford to be down especially not for one or two days and i, I saw the look in customers eyes they never actually thought of that so it's up to us sales to probe to make them think differently and to put a, almost like a seed in their mind that actually, yeah, price can be cheaper. But, you know, if you need A, B, C and C is not good, guess what? It's not going to work for you. So, and actually, I, I structured my offer. I said, you know what? Get, that's fine. You can have this A, you can have B, but the the, the proposal also includes four-hour incident response time. And we're gonna actually remove this and we're gonna give you a different plan that's uh, much more cheaper. And I see the panic in their eyes and they were looking at each other, customers, they were looking at each other and with eyes they were saying, no, 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 we need to keep it. Ultimately, three months later, they decided to go with my proposal simply because I fully understand it's, it was never about the price. So you need to know what value you bring to the table. And if you're more expensive, why? And what's the benefit for customers to pay more? Uh, with another example, a quick example would be a customer actually was saying that they can get, of course, something much cheaper and I asked him, fine, that's, that's perfect. You know, you go buy something that, that's more affordable for you. But the real question here is this. Are you comparing the full solution that we are providing here right now with somebody who's also offering full solution, everything included, and what's the total cost of ownership in three or five years? Think about that. And I also said many, many companies are offering and they put a proposal on the table but does not include technical support, doesn't include this, doesn't include that. So make sure the whole package, total cost of ownership is aligned with your desires. Here with us, there are no hidden costs. Whatever you pay right now, the price includes everything for the next three years. Make sure that when you compare us with the competitors, compare apples to apples. So constantly we need to probe and really understand You know, you can find a car that's much cheaper than my car, right? But does this car have this, this, and that, right? So make sure that, uh, you know, that they're comparing apples to apples and they fully understand the value that you bring to the table. Next point is competitor products, they have really good points here and they have some advantages. And this objection raised in this form, when they say, well, they don't name the competitor, but we can get this and this from somebody else. They just want to have actually you to start talking about the competitor and this is always extremely dangerous ground. You should say as little as possible about the competing product or service or even company and focus and emphasize the points or difference strongly and demonstrate the benefits of your own product for your previous customers. So bring Bring on your own success stories that create credibility because when you bring other people to the conversation, it's not you against the customers it's you and other customers with you together to prove the value. One simple example would be you know I understand fully your point, thank you for sharing. And you know what, many of our customers in the initial conversations, that's the first thing they say to us. But once we work with them and show them the ways, how they can be more efficient, how they can save money, make money, whatever benefits you you have to prove here, then they become our best clients, and here's what the CEO of a company recently said about us. And then you quote it so you bring other people to the table, but try to avoid talking about the compet- competing, competing products, competitors, about other people, and emphasize your points why you're better, how you're winning, how you're benefiting, and success stories from other people. Please never fall into a trap of talking about the competitors. Next, third most common objection is your product is costing too much. They cannot simply afford it. Of course it happens, right? That sometimes means that if you're selling $10 million software to a my- small shop, they can afford $10,000 software. Guess what? It's your problem because you didn't really target the appropriate accounts. But if you can show that the product you're selling will produce or save buyer more than it costs, your prospects cannot afford to be without it. What I mean by that. Sometimes customers, and I'm in a sales standing, they ask me about the sales standing and I quote the price and they say, well, you know, this and that. I said, let me put it this way. We have five different ways how we can prove the value, what we bring to the table, what your how your sales guys will benefit from it. And recent case studies show that for every dollar that you put in, you get $3 in return. So we have five different ways to track ROI and we will prove this, uh, regularly in regular intervals, so you know exactly what's the init- what's your investment and what is bringing to you back. So if you can prove somebody, you know, invest hundred thousand to get three hundred thousand back, would you do it? But you have to of course know what you're doing, and you have to really, really have a good case studies and good proofs about. It. Then they. Cannot say I cannot afford it. Guess what? If you can save somebody huge chunk of money, if you can send, and I was in the environment, we sold the software to a big bank in Canada and they, uh, they saved in the first 30 days, they saved $5 million on uh, redundant data and on other things. And the cost of software was $5 million. Uh, That was simple. That was really simple. We didn't expect such a big number to come in the first 30 days. But guess what? (laughs) It happened, right? I I can share another sales training success story. I did the pilot uh, in Latin America for four different groups of sales executives. And I did a 30, uh, 60-day follow-up to understand the benefits of it, to see the, the value and guess what we had uh, summarized this uh, the surveys and uh, and all the all the data was uh, uh, collected in one one place and we found out that the company had made extra 14 million dollars of revenue directly from the training we provided i wish we charged them much more than we charged them then no but it's just proving the value great case study great story proven we have numbers so if somebody asks me how how can i benefit from your sales training here's how you can benefit you know here's a case study they made 14 million in the first 60 days after the training It's a direct response to the training the sales people had with us so back to the objection of uh, a customer cannot afford it well there are two classes of buyers i would say they raise this objection in one class are those of whom it's true They can uh, uh, actually—they can only buy cheaper products, much, much, much more cheaper than what you're offering. In the other class are those who desire to put the salesperson off, and whose experience has not really been sufficient to enable them to know that the best is the cheapest in service and satisfaction, which means, you know, you want to make sure that with the former class, you should make no further effort to sell. They are not looking for the satisfaction. They're looking for a lowest price. If you cannot provide it, thank you, right? In the latter class, you have a message for them. Price, paid for a product can be forgotten, but the service secured from it, satisfaction that they have, everything that you provide them, it counts towards future trade, the repeat orders, so you can actually prove them that without your product or service, they will lose money and you can prove they will get 20% more, 30, 50, 100, whatever the number it is, but you need to prove that. Next objection is, what you are offering is actually not needed by a customer. So in, when you have this objection, it's worthwhile to raise questions like, is what the prospect has the best solution for them right now? Does it do the work in the most economical way? Does it enable the owner, to meet the competition of those who are better equipped. So how can they fight on the market if they don't have the best possible solution to help them to do the job in the most economical way? It's simple if you talk about manufacturing, if you have a technology from 1970s, and guess what? They cannot compete uh, with their competitors who are more modern, who invested much more money into newest technology. And also, the last uh, two questions are does it make the best possible impression upon those with whom the owner of the company or the company comes in contact? Do they have a good uh, PR, basically good marketing, and people feel confident, oh, we're dealing with somebody who actually has the newest technology or who knows what he or she is doing, who's an expert in their field, and we salespeople can help our customers with the best possible products. And if they use the inferior product, is it lack of vision here? I mean, you will not ask that, but think about it. If they don't need something, for example, if you sell electric cars and people say, no, I'd rather ride a horse and carriage, <laughs> guess what? It's a simple message here, right? They're, they don't have any vision. Many companies fell. Many companies closed the door simply because they didn't have a good vision of the future. So when you talk with your customers, think about it. When they say we don't need it, think about the vision for the future where they see themselves what's really important to them where they want to be and you can take them to the future it's called future pacing technique take them to the future where do you want to be in 3 to 5 years without investing into newest technology into into a solution that can be give them most economical way of doing things so you need to probe you need to uh, don't trust your customers they know everything that's that's out there but probe try to understand if they're really uh, educated if they're really experts if they really understand what's happening right now in the market and if you bring new technology new solutions new way of doing things how can you position it this so customers actually understand that should investigate further and spend more time with you next one it's very common. Uh, when the customer says, I don't have time to discuss the proposal further and uh, you know, call me in the future time. This method is often employed to get rid of salespeople in the hope you will not return. And what's going to happen actually, there is a study that uh, 92% of salespeople give up before they hear four or more no's. So this is one simple no call me next week. I don't have time now. You follow up. They've got the voicemail. Then you send an email. They say, well, now I'm, you know we have a big project going on. Call me in three months. And if you give up, good for prospects. You know They try just to get rid of you. So what can we do here? We try to actually, uh, of course, we try to be courteous. We try to request for future meeting, but also put the seed in their mind by giving them value. Give them some insights. Hey, I read this article from your industry. And uh, I thought this is going to be of interest to you. It's not self-promotory thing. It should be something that builds the value in their eyes. Give them insight. Give them some guidance. Give them some connection with the trigger events. You, You know, I just realized that you guys have, you know, signed a new account. And many companies who are in a similar position, they have a problem bringing them on board. Something like that. So always try to... Uh, bring the value to, to the conversation, not just I'm just following up. I just want to see if you receive my email. Yeah, I received your email. If I did not respond, I, there's not no value for me in it. So, when the prospect realizes you're not to be put off in that way, they will at least have a second thought and they will try actually. They will read your email, they will maybe respond faster than you expected. If not, put them in your follow up uh, binder and <laughs> send them an email every month every two weeks something that's uh, educational more than self-promotional and the last point last objection i have prepared for this podcast is this i need more time to think it over of course that's uh, logical that's understandable especially in a complex sales environment where decisions are in millions but in many cases it could be simply an excuse in one of my previous podcasts, I was talking about excuses versus objections. Please go on a website, Sales is Easy, and try to find that podcast. It's a really good one. I got good comments on it. So, but the simple message here is this. If your clients have an excuse not to meet with you, not to do something, not to respond to your emails, you must be intelligent here about it. You must understand if it's really an objection or a simple excuse. And if you decide that you're actually facing the excuse, So then what you should do? Then try to create more value in their eyes. You should point out the disadvantages that if they postpone things. There's a cost of delaying things. I worked with one company and uh, actually my biggest question with them, the the winning question was, if you don't invest in the training, where are you going to be in 90 days? You're already losing the market share. You're already losing customers and you don't have time on your side, time is not on your side. If you postpone by 90 days, we can simply calculate how much money you will lose in the next 90 days. I'm not saying you should, I'm not doing hard sell, I'm not saying you should buy now, you know, ABC, always be closing. But you have to put, again, the seed in the customer's mind that if they delay, if they postpone things, they will actually, you can, you can can they will lose money. And if they act sooner than later, guess what, they can benefit faster from the product or service that you're offering. So sometimes when they say we need to think it over, uh, you know, you can ask the question, what specifically you, you, you feel like you should uh, spend more time? Can I help you with some case studies, some proofs of concept, anything. But if what you're selling is satisfactory, it's desirable, and if when they, if they buy, it, it brings the profit to them. Each day of postponing means they, they lose, they means so much loss to the buyer. So question is have you ever asked your customers what's the impact of not making the decision today to buy to buy from you how much it costs you to stand still for the next 60 or 90 days of postponing your decision so just think about it and be intelligent about the delays time delays you want to make sure it's really the process if they tell you And I heard this from my customers. Our budgeting time starts in in December. Here's how we do, who's involved, how we do this. And by March, we have a budget straight out. Then we can talk about the money. Okay, I know exactly what specifically what's going to happen. But, you know, if they say, well, you know, send me something, we'll get back to you. Don't call us, we'll call you. That's not really a real objection. That's a real excuse why not to do something so thank you for listening to this uh, six common objections how to handle them what do you think about it which one it triggers the most thoughts most ideas in your mind contact me send me a message send me an email and i'll be more than happy to continue the conversation with you this is Ale Meyer for sales is easy and today's topic was six common objections and how to handle them hi i'm mark and i'm peter